Lord started to speak to our community about levelling up. He gave a word and he was like, it's time to level up, church, Christian. It's time to level up. And we watched a little video of a Mario game. Has anyone ever played Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, there's a few hands. Nice. And so Mario, like, he'll come out and he'll hit his head on a little brick and a mushroom comes out and then he runs into the mushroom and what happens? He goes from little, he gets bigger, right? And then he keeps running along and then he'll bump his head on another one and a coin will come up and you'll get a coin and then he bumps his head again um, and a flower comes out. And when he gets the flower, then boom, all of a sudden he's got firepower. And he can just go boom, boom, boom. He's like releasing the power. Sorry, we should play the video again, Hanks. Anyway, I'll entertain you instead. Um, and then he keeps going and he bumps his head again. And what happens? He becomes indestructible. And he just, he's just like... He's just like everything. He can run through the bad guys. He, he's breaking briefs. Um, and he gets to the end and gets the flag. Praise, praise the Lord. Um, but the Lord used that picture to say, Body of Christ, it is time to level up. Level up in every way. In, in spiritual things, but also in natural. Okay? Because the Lord has said um, in 2 Peter 1, I think, um, he said, I've given you all things pertaining to life and to godliness. Okay, so God's given us everything that we need pertaining to, to our physical life, to our marriage, to our family, to our health, for our finances, for our work, for everything that we need in this world. But he's also given us everything we need for a life of godliness, which is so exciting. And I feel like he's just like, guys, I want you to level up. I want you to take hold of everything that I've provided for you. All right. So last time we talked about how any level up that we have needs to begin in Jesus. And we talked about how Jesus is the foundation of any upgrade that we ever receive. And we talked about our oneness and our union with Jesus. And if you didn't hear that, it's a really important revelation for you to get. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast. But today, um, so that was key number one, was Christ is in you. That was key number one for leveling up. Key number two is all in. I'm just going to entitle this message, all in. So we're going to go to Revelation 3. So if you've got your Bibles, turn there, or I think we should have it. Beautiful. Revelation 3.14. And it says this. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not 
you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Oh, this is such a weighty, a weighty word from the Lord. Um, and Jesus um, gave a word to seven churches, and this was the worst one. <laughs> this, this church got it the hardest. He was he was commending some of the churches for certain things, and he was rebuking. This one didn't receive any 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 like praise from Jesus, only a rebuke. And there's just some things that we can draw from here. There's so much to be said, but I think. We can summarize it by saying, get off the fence. <laughs> get off the fence. Alright? You're either in or out. There's no halfway. There's no such thing as a Sunday Christian. There's nothing half-hearted about the gospel. There's no middle ground. The Lord actually says he, he would prefer you were cold. Which is like, that's like a knife to the heart, hey? That's how much he hates lukewarm Christians. He's like, I would prefer you didn't know me at all rather than be on the fence or be lukewarm. And the only thing mentioned in Scripture that makes God sick to the point of vomiting is the lukewarm. Let that sink in. The only thing in Scripture that makes God sick to the point of vomiting is the lukewarm. If I'm going to drink poison, if I just take a drink of poison right now, my body will react and it will automatically vomit it up, right? Hopefully my body would be working properly and then we'd just be like, oh, that doesn't belong there, right? And being lukewarm is poisonous to the body, right? To the body of Christ. It's poison to his body. And he's saying, Jesus is saying to this church, because you're poisonous to my body, I'm going to spit you out. A lukewarm person has no zeal or passion about them for the Lord. Often they are one foot in the world and one foot in the Lord. Just a bit of a double and a bit of both. It's really hard to live like this. Has anyone done that? I tried it, it did work. It's really hard. They'll check in on Sunday and check out. They won't commit, they won't press in, they won't do anything that gets them out of their comfort zone. And this church in Laodicea, they thought they were all good. 
But the church had become complacent. They weren't being persecuted, so they were super comfortable. They were prospering. They were self-satisfied. They were doing nothing to evangelize, nothing to bring God glory. They had lost sight of Jesus and his kingdom and the presence of God. If that's the very thing that makes you hot, it's the presence of God. That's what lights you on fire. Then stop going after it. And God's measuring stick is relationship with Him. It's relationship with Him. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, didn't we do things in your name? And He says, I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me. So sober. It's so sober. It's about relationship. I love that when the Lord rebukes us, He always provides the solution. He told them what to do. Um, and He gave three things for them to do. He's like, I want you to buy from me gold refined by fire. I want you to put on the white garments. And I want you to bust out to anoint your eyes. So what the heck is that talking about? There might be some keys there for us. It's interesting to note that gold, garments, and eye salve were Laodicea's chief exports. So Jesus was talking in their language. He was talking in, in language that they would know about. But the first one, he said, buy from me gold refined by fire. When you find gold, it's placed in a red-hot furnace to refine it, right? And all the dross and the impurities are burned away and what's left at the end is pure gold. And Jesus is counselling this church that their faith, their love, their lives need to go through the, the furnace of testing, not to destroy them, but to refine them. This whole life is a newsflash. This whole life is a test. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I'll overcome the world. And every time you're going through a struggle, it is an opportunity for the Lord to father you, to refine your faith, to refine your love, to teach you His ways, not the world's ways. And what's left at the end of that is something that's pure and acceptable to Him. And, and you know, as Christians, we can take, we can, we can have a mindset of, I'm going to whinge and complain about everything that goes wrong, just like the rest of the world. Or I can see everything that goes on as an opportunity to press into the Lord, to know Him more, to have Him teach me and train me and refine me so I look like Jesus. Because that's why I'm here on this earth, to look like Him. Hallelujah. And it's why Paul in Romans 5, he's like, rejoice whenever you encounter suffering. 
precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then, like Ruth Ridley used to say, you can see anything as a stumbling block or a stepping stone. Every time you go through suffering, every time there's a trial, then it's a it's just like, thank you, Jesus. I'm getting an upgrade in my faith. I'm getting an upgrade in my love. I'm gonna learn how to trust you. I'm gonna learn how to seek you. I'm gonna learn how to hear your voice. I'm gonna learn how to see see people after the spirit. I'm gonna grow up into Christ. What a great opportunity. Hallelujah. Gold refined by fire. Your life. Refine us, Lord. I, I pray that in Australia we don't need persecution to make the church of Jesus Christ wake up. How about we just walk with him now? How about we get it right now? So we don't have to have, you know. Outrageous persecution. How about we just get on fire now? Amen? Alright, two. White garments. Anywhere in the word where you see white garments, white clothing, it's talking about the righteousness of Christ that we get clothed with when we are born again. 2 Corinthians 5.21 It says, He became sin who knew no sin, that you might become the righteousness of God. There's a transaction that, that takes place. Esther was talking about it. He takes your sinful nature and he gives you his righteous nature. He makes you brand new. You're, you, you died. You're, um, you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And I dress and clothe myself with his righteousness. And it's not something that he covers me with. It's who I am now. It's who I am now. And that's the big deal about this. Is righteousness gives you access to the Father. If you believe that you're a dirty, rotten sinner. And that you've got a sin full of heart. Uh, a heart full of sin, sorry. A heart full of sin then you'll never be, you'll never feel comfortable approaching a holy God. Never. He gave us his very nature so that we can step boldly into his presence, holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. It's a free gift. And we need to take hold of that and believe what the Word of God says about us. That's why we go on and on and on about your identity here. Father, like forever, you are, this is who you are. This is who the Word says you are. Because when you start to believe that, then you'll start to behave like that. What you believe comes out. It's really important what you believe. And, and before you wave your heresy flags at me, I'm not saying... 
And I don't even think I would put myself in the lukewarm category. I was saved. I genuinely loved God as much as I knew now, right? Um, and I'm driving home and I'm just talking to the Lord and I'm like, God, I know that you're real, so I can't walk away from you. But I feel like I'm missing something. I've been in church all my life and I, I read the Bible and what I read is not what I'm living. I feel like a hypocrite. I feel like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. I'm not understanding. I'm not getting it. I, I want to be with you, but I don't feel you. I don't see you. I read the word, but I don't really understand it. And I, the thing is, I'm a bit stuck because I can't walk away. Because I know you're real because you've spoken to me. You are very real. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm like, God, help me. And um, two days later, I'm in my bedroom. It's very, very quiet. And the Holy Spirit speaks, soft, small voice, and He gives me an instruction to listen to something. And I was like, okay, popped it on. Oh. It was a man preaching the gospel, preaching about righteousness, preaching about your identity in Christ, preaching that you can know Him. And do you know what? Uh, all of a sudden, it was like all of the jigsaw puzzles just went click. And I was weeping on the floor like a baby. And the presence of God just filled my bedroom. And, and the first thing I said, the first thing, God's in the room. I'm undone by the gospel. I've heard it my whole life. I've been in church from a baby. Heard it my whole life. Didn't understand it at all. Right? Um, and I'm on the ground and I'm like, God, oh, I am 33 years old. Why didn't anyone tell me this? Why didn't I understand? I was like, you've got everything. Here I am. Take, take my life. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to die today. And I'm not going to live my way. I'm going to live your way. And I don't really know anything about anything that you've just told me. But I'm going to make it my mission to find out. And I'm going to teach others to know. And I'll give my life for you. Because it's not okay to live 33 years and be in church and not know the gospel. That will set you free and set you on fire and have you know the Lord. So if I get a little bit passionate in church sometimes, that is why there's a fire in my heart that's like, we must know Him. We must know Him. And I don't care if this church is like one person. I will be preaching under the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care if it's somebody in my lounge room, if it's person down the street, I don't church has to know. 
sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. And that is my prayer for our church this year, that we have a hundred men and women that would draw that circle on the ground, that they would step in that circle and pray for revival in the circle. I pray for a hundred people to be in this church that, that just want to lay it down for Jesus because we can do something with that. We can do something with that. Hallelujah. Because you can take it home. And you can draw a 